Hi, welcome back to On Another Note with Doug and Judy. This is episode three. Episode three. We we like doing this for some reason. We It's been less than a week since we started, and this I is know. the third episode already. We're really bored. That's the we problem. Are. We are. We're stuck in a box. Okay, so you're Judy. I'm Judy. By default, I'm Doug. Well, I hope so. Yeah, um, and this is episode three. We're sitting here, we're sipping pina coladas. Yes, we are. And... It, Funny story, the other day I just woke up for some reason I had escaped the Pina Colada song stuck in my head. Oh yeah. And so then I uh, turned on uh, the music and uh, through the Bluetooth, you know, I had it playing through the speakers in the living room. And I remember you came in and said, why are we listening to the Pina Colada song? And I said, it's Rupert Holmes. He is a national treasure and an icon, a music icon of the late 1970s. Hello. So at that point, I decided I wanted to make pina coladas. Yes, and took, that, that works for me. took a few days. I could have used a little more ice. Could have, maybe. Not quite as smoothie as you would like. Yeah, but it tastes really it does good. does taste it's good. It's got a good flavor mm-hmm. to it. You know, and, and I a shout-out to my Michigan friends. I'm I'm Mine is in my uh, Michigan Music Education Association glass that I was given when I visited um, earlier this Michigan? year. I do have friends in Michigan. Oh, okay. I have friends in lots of places. Lots of places, yeah. I, it's not all about basketball or whatever. Anyway. Who are we so talking about tonight? Tonight, we're talking about something that kind of hacks me off a little bit. Oh, really? Yeah, actually. It's, it's one something of those Something that things... chaps your hide? <laughs> Nothing chaps my hide. No, no, no. Um, no, it's something, you know, we just finished the third quarter school. And yeah, okay, so I get that we're, you know... We're doing school from home and technology and all that stuff, which is a whole other thing. But um, we just recently finished up third quarter grades, right? Okay. You know, so many times I can't begin to tell you, you know, I believe that every kid can sing. Okay. I I think music is organic. It's a part of who we are and it's part of, you know, being a human being and all those fun things. And and yet it invariably, it, it happens every time. I'll have some parent come in and say, well, you know, they're just like me. I could never mm-hmm. sing on pitch ever when I was a kid. And so, or they come in and say, oh, I don't know where they got it from because I can't sing, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure music educators out there, any of you have heard this before. It happens to me. It happens to me all the time. It still happens, even teaching college students, that I'll meet their parents and they'll say, I don't understand how... Billy Joe is able to do this because I couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. Mm-hmm. And you, you may not know this, but my mom, when I was a kid, thought that I was a monotone. Right. Yeah, she, she thought that I couldn't sing on pitch, and it was because I, whatever, my voice was lower than other seven-year-olds or whatever in mm-hmm. Bible school. And uh, we would get up and sing, and I would have to sing, try to sing things an octave lower because I couldn't sing up where the other kids were. And so my mom, for a long time, didn't think that I could sing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know. And it's it's interesting. Like when I listen to, to kids now, you know, before they even get to me, some of them have heard from somebody, oh, you can't sing. Right. You know, right. you're you're not singing with the song or whatever. So, you know, the kids come in believing that they can't do this thing. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to beat that when they, they walk into your room thinking they can't do something. Yeah, you exactly. Know? So anyway, it just kind of it hacks me off a little bit because the truth is, is that anybody can sing. And there's research to back this stuff up. Okay, so the reason you're hearing about it now when you're doing the 
the distance learning or, you know, not face-to-face -face learning is because parents are having to help their, their student at home and they don't, so you're hearing back from them that I'm not able to help them because I can't sing. Yeah, or... that, that's a part of it. I think it, well, it's, it scares them. Okay. I mean, having to do music with your kid, that's, that's hard. That would be fun. I think it would be it fun. It would be but, a blast. But, you know, you and I are weird that way. It's very so. Suzuki of you. Well, you know, what can I say? And we did music with our kids. We sang like crazy. We sang till we made them crazy. Absolutely. And they asked us it's to probably stop. probably why they don't sing with us anymore now. Oh, but our kids can sing. They That's can all, the thing. All three of them can sing. They can sing. And it's because I think they just grew up hearing a lot of different music. Yeah. And, and that's part of it. That's, you know, building up that repertoire in their head where they can just pull sounds out when they want to sing. And so what you're telling me is that making music or being able to make music uh, isn't completely dependent on just raw talent. That it's not a thing where... You either have it or you don't. Yeah, okay. right. Yeah. In fact, I'd like to take the whole talent word out of it. Okay. You know, because we we watch a lot of America's Got Talent and um, um, what Britain's Got Talent. And everybody's Got <laughs> everybody's Talent. Everybody's Got Talent. <laughs> except for my kid. My kid has no talent because I have no talent. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a genetic thing. So right. um, I, had, I had read something about this, I don't know, years ago about... You know, everybody says, well, I'm a monotone or my kid's a monotone. But if you if you look up the research, you find out that may, maybe 4% of the population oh, okay. is, is, is monotone, either because it's, it's something um, that happened at birth, it's something, it's some kind of uh, damage that's happened to their brain at some point um, during their life, which has taken that ability away from them kind of thing. But Everybody has the ability to match pitch. So really, it's more of a thing of, of being able to control my voice to match pitch. It's not something that's just built into my, hardwired into my, my brain. I mean, there can be a disconnect, and that's what you're saying. Yes, there can be a disconnect. That in that 4% of the population. There's a disconnect. Okay. Yeah, and some of the things that I've uh, I've read, too, talk about, it's it's not even so much the, the mechanism, the singing mechanism, that, that we need to focus on, but it's the ear training we need to focus on. Okay. And um, I think it was Edwin Gordon who's talking about, talking about being geeky here, but um, his whole idea was that you need to let kids listen to all kinds of music and all kinds of different modes and, um, and you know, different tonalities. And, and so once they started getting this in their brain, their brain collects this kind of thing. Okay. And then when they hear a piece of music, the brain goes, oh, I recognize that. And, and then it's your brain and your ears that allow the voice to happen, and you are, you're able to sing in tune. So then it could also be that 4% of the population could be kind of a pitch memory issue as well. Maybe they're, they're not able to remember the sequence Mm -hmm. of pitches so then they're not able to reproduce it yeah. and i know ed, ed gordon was big in you know having a wide variety of folk songs right mm -hmm. that you can recall and sing in different ways that's the other part of it oh yeah right? yeah they really get geeky yeah okay i like getting geeky yeah all right yeah well, <laughs> that's pretty much what this podcast is all about evidently it, it is so everybody anyway. get geeky and so it just does kind of make me crazy. And then what makes me even crazier is like, so we get a bunch of people and they try singing 
happy birthday to someone in a restaurant and what right. does it sound like exactly. right exactly so um is it a because they don't care or b some general music teacher didn't bother to teach them how to sing on pitch or you know or what? they're afraid of a lawsuit because of the two old ladies that supposedly <laughs> own the, the copyright to happy birthday are going to bring suit against them i thought that was like taken care of <laughs> maybe that i don't think it was renewed i think it's public domain now yeah i think, I think you can do too. whatever you want to with happy birthday don't don't take my word for it. Check it out. But yeah, I think that that's the case at this point. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I and I argue with this because I, I you know if someone says, well, I can't sing or whatever. You know, if I were to check my kids at school, and I know there are other teachers who can do this, the, the same thing, and you have them for many years. Mm -hmm. By the time I get them to third or fourth grade, every child can sing on pitch. Now, I'm not saying that they're like, um, you know, Adele or Mariah Carey or Josh Groban or whoever, right? I'm not saying they're this. this. Hopefully, they aren't like Josh Groban. I really Josh, like Josh Josh, if you're Groban. listening, I'm sorry, but your vibrato, too fast. Oh, hey, slow it down, pal. It doesn't matter. It's too, too nanny goaty. There's so much more to music than just the vibrato. Just Exactly. Him. His vibrato takes away from everything else. Anyway, that's going. anyway where was I? Yeah, so you were saying that by the time you got into the third grade, oh, that yeah. they're, they're, they're pretty able. much everybody's able to sing on pitch. Yeah, yeah. So what's happening between the time that you start with them as a kindergartner and a third grader? Mm -hmm. So we let's say everybody has some talent. Right. Right? But not everybody's going to have... Oh, you used the talent word. Sorry. Everyone has some ability. Yes. Innate, innate ability. Yeah. So what's happening in those four years that you're able to cultivate that? Well, a lot of it is making them aware of it. You know, I mean, it's it's like anything else. If you're doing something and you're doing it wrong because you don't know you're doing it wrong, I mm -hmm. mean, it could be anything. It could be cooking. It could be, I don't know, playing a sport. It could be whatever. Unless someone teaches you the proper technique, you're going to continue to do it wrong. You're not going to know any better. So it's the same thing with singing, that if I teach you to pay attention to things and be aware of, oh, my voice doesn't match that sound kind of okay. thing because I'll have first and second graders where I will say hey did you hear our friend so-and-so what did you think it's a little bit too high see they're already getting in there and they're analyzing it and they're listening and making comparisons mm. even at seven and eight and they're able to do that so what can we do to fix it and they're able to give solutions to so, that so that they're using something that that Ed Gordon talks about and that's audiation where they're hearing it in their head so they're comparing what they're hearing live to the memory that they have stored inside their head yeah. and they're audiating it. Yeah. Oh, audiation is a really cool thing. This I love audiating. Stuff. In fact, it's hard for me not to. Remember, I woke up mm -hmm. hearing Pina Colada song in my head. I was not near awake enough to be putting up with <laughs> Pina Colada song. I think was, I ignored you. It was after 8 a.m. I mean, it wasn't like super early or anything. <laughs> it's early for me. Pina Colada is not just for breakfast anymore. Uh, apparently not. Okay. Um, this is really good, though. I'm yeah, but that. that's but that's something that happens. I, I would say probably most uh, musicians mm -hmm. would tell you that they're always hearing something in your head. For me, it's I'll hear I can hear particular recordings of particular pieces. Right. So as I hear a piece in my head, I'm hearing the Eastman Wind Ensemble recording. Was well, that just okay, because you're a musician, Fennell, or, or I, I think you ought to define? audiating or audiation 
for people who aren't using people. You think I can actually do that? So sure. it's it's really just having an, an aural image of what uh, the, the tune sounds like. Or that the would song be aural like. and not oral. Aural. A-U-R-A-L. Yep. Kentucky's coming out. So, but <laughs> that would be, you're hearing it in your head. You know, can you go back to, can you hear right now, can you hear happy birthday in your head? Okay, that's the first thing. Can you hear it being sung by yourself? You hear your own voice. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now can you switch it? Now do you hear uh, Donald Duck singing happy birthday? Yeah, actually, I can. <laughs> okay, funny, isn't it? Okay. Can you okay. hear your mother singing it? Get, so My mother couldn't sing, but anyway, that's a whole... Oh, but but sorry, still, but that. if you could hear her, the timbre of... Or someone, anyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pick a person and hear their voice singing it. Sure, or so, hear a group of children singing it as compared to hearing a trumpet player play it. I yeah. mean, it's, yeah. So it's not that I have, like, I can dial up several different versions of a particular band piece, mm-hmm. but usually if I'm hearing the whole suite, the first suite in E flat, mm-hmm. I'm hearing the Fennell recording because I've listened to it so many times. And again, there's the listening yeah. part of that. So if we're listening and we're storing that information then we should, if we're listening to it, be able to replicate that. Okay. So let me ask you a question then. And of course, the hot take is that Fennell took the first movement too slow. Ha, ah, there we go. Okay, well, for those of you who are really <laughs> geeky, okay, so um, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Since you are a, a trumpet player and, yes. and, and you don't sing words. been accused of being a trumpet player. Yes, you don't sing words. So how... How does an instrumentalist or how does a, a instrumental ensemble use audiation then? Well, you're using it um, because with with instruments, you know, you can be, be a button pusher, what we call a button pusher. Mm-hmm. So I push down the right buttons and the right note comes out. Yes. And for some of the woodwinds, that, you know, that's kind of the mm-hmm. case. The note will come out, but it that's won't necessarily neat. be mm-hmm. the right note, you know, right pitch. It, it might be in the ballpark. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay, if you just push down and put some air in. But um, as they're looking at their part, they're actually hearing their part in their head as they perform it or just ahead of actually producing the sound. Ooh, that's, yeah, that's tricky. And if they're able to do that, mm-hmm. then their level of musicianship and performance jumps significantly. So let me ask you this. Is this innate? This, this kind of thing? Or? No, it's not innate. All right, so... Is and, the, it... and the reason I say that is because um, my experience, anyway, early on, I was a, I was a good button pusher. Mm. Okay? Yeah. But when I started memorizing music in high school, mm-hmm. then I started hearing my part. I could hear my second trumpet part in my head. All right. Gotcha. And that's the way I memorized it. I didn't, there was that and muscle memory. And that's always an interesting question I ask students is when you memorize music, do you see your part in your mind's eye? Mm-hmm. Or do you hear your part and it's muscle memory? And it makes them think about how they're doing it a little bit. Well, yeah, it goes to, back to that whole conversation about um, making people aware of what they're doing. Right. And not just... To me, trying to, in my mind's eye, see my part, no, mm-hmm. that's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's hard. it would be hard to multitask and do that. Right. For instance, like in marching band, where you're having to do movement along with creating the music. 
Right. I would, I would agree. Okay. Yeah, so, it was muscle memory. Anyway. Yeah. Very cool. So, um, yeah. So it's one of those things where, you know, I would love for parents to hear this podcast and be kind of encouraged. I mean, and it's never too late. It will take longer. I mean, mm-hmm. um, we were talking about um, Malcolm Gladwell and talking about the uh, 10,000 hours of practice to be able to do what it is you want to do at at a professional level kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and how much the Beatles practiced before they ever made it big. Oh, if you listen to the really early stuff. Yeah. You yeah. know, besides maybe George, they weren't super, well, I don't know. I don't know. People will probably debate that. But. Well, they had potential. That's the thing. I right. think we all have the potential. Yes. But are you willing to do the 10,000 hours that actually some people kind of, eh, they're, you know, they want 10,000 would get you to be pretty advanced. As long as it's a mindful 10,000 hours. Exactly. You can't yeah. practice badly. You can't. <laughs> and again, if you I did don't that know, for a long time. <laughs> if you don't know better and no one has brought that to your attention, then right. yeah. So that's why it's important to be mentored uh, with someone. Yeah. And that's the thing about about music and really quality practice is mm-hmm. getting that one on one mentorship where you're getting feedback. Yeah. Right away. Mm-hmm. And someone to model while you're doing it. So feedback's not a bad thing. No. No. And when I meet someone who's an adult, a lot of times they'll say, you know, I really wish I had done music. And I'm always like, well, do it. Oh, I mean, it's yeah. not like it, it's not like you have to be taking video of yourself and putting it out there on, on the web, on your YouTube mm-hmm. channel. I mean, just play for your own enjoyment. Exactly. Yeah. Because, right? again, it's innate. It's not a talent. It's something that we all have inside of us. Right. And what we do as musicians is we try to cultivate that innate I've just had an idea for ability. another episode. And what would that be? And that would be talking about the benefits of making music for yourself. I love that. There's a lot of research out yeah. there that talks about the health benefits. Oh, and we're not going to do it now, though. Mental health, all that. Yeah. Oh, I know. Sorry. But we can get to that at another time. That sounds good. Yeah. So was there anything else we wanted to say about, you feel better now? I, are you I, still cheesed off? Or are you... <laughs> I feel a little better. I just wish people would listen to me. And that's the thing. <laughs> if, if people would just listen, I could fix everything. I, I, no, I shouldn't say that. So that's probably the, you and uh, me both. the, the uh, pina colada talking mm-hmm. right now, but, uh, which is, again, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I hope this helps somebody, though. Me I too. Mean, if they were kind of second-guessing themselves, that maybe they'll, they'll give it a try, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Well, thanks for joining us on another note. Thanks for listening to another episode of On Another Note with Doug and Judy. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook. Just look for On Another Note with Doug and Judy. We're now available on Google Play Music and Spotify. Spotify.